So after 70 matches, 52 days, 1066 sixes, 2057 fours, 856 wickets, no super over in this IPL season yet. We are at the end of the league stage of IPL 23. Hello and welcome to Stump Mike on ESPN Crick Info. I'm Vishal Dixit and I'm joined by two very apt people. Because at the beginning of the league stage, they had disagreed a little bit on certain topics like the impact rule and reviewing our wides and no balls. So now, to take stock of things yet again, I have them here. I brought them together. I'm sitting in between them. <laughs> and let me introduce them. First is, I'll go alphabetically, mm. Kaustub Kumar, my co-host on the podcast. How are you, Kaustub? I'm good. Uh, I just want to say I didn't get everything wrong. <laughs> right, but we will get to it. We will get to the predictions probably. I love yeah. uh, skeptics. He, he was very skeptical about a couple of things, and I actually enjoy the company of skeptics who challenge the conventional sort of wisdom. But eventually, uh, he's a convert now, I believe. Yeah, like, he loved the impacts <laughs> up, so that's nice. There's that saying, you know, like, uh, first I was blind and now I can see. Like, I wasn't blind <laughs> earlier. I wasn't blind <laughs> earlier. Like, number touch, maybe now. Hmm. I can see a little better. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where I'm so going to go. Your eyes have been opened by our other guest, Sanjay Manjrekar, former India player. Oh, you didn't introduce him. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously on the commentary panel and running around the country these days because it's back to home in a format for this time. So let's get into it straight away. End of the league stage. And we'll start with the last league match itself, the 70th match, RCB versus Gujarat Titans. RCB were knocked out. But in a way, we did we see Sanjay kind of looking back at Indian cricket when Virat Kohli scored that century? And then in the chase, looking ahead to the future of Indian cricket when Shubman Gill scored that century and uh, obviously won them the match. Admiration for Virat Kohli. Because that used to happen a lot with Tendulkar, who made his debut in 89 and quit in 2013. And when there was any other player who came in and started batting brilliantly and reached his peak. He was compared with Tendulkar, who may have been in his 12th year of his international cricket. So these are guys who have always had that peak and have remained comparable to anybody who's come in and reached a peak and then you sort of compare with Virat Kohli. What Virat did in the last two games of the IPL showed what a uh, mentally tough character he is. He was able to get the power game out as well. So, yes, Shubman Gill is sensational and that innings under pressure, you know, I mean, it seemed like he was the one who had to do it for the Titans, did it so brilliant. But Virat Kohli is still comparable with Shubman Gill at this stage of his career after so many years shows uh, how tough these guys are. You know, people like Favatou Plissi and Virat Kohli. Kohli poured an almost flawless 100, I would say, right? That's the innings which carried the team in a way. You thought you can't get better than that at uh, Chinnaswamy Stadium. He was going at, what, 160, 170 strike rate. Gil just comes in and shows how you can do it better on that ground. It's just, you don't see the overlap as often of generations, right? Like, uh, there was some yeah. overlap between Kohli and Tendulkar. Like, they played mm. a couple of years together. But the only Won thing... Won the World Cup together. It, but, but even then, it was Tendulkar's yeah, yeah, swan song, right? That yeah, was, yeah. Like, he stamped his authority. He had a great World Cup, Tendulkar. Yeah. Uh, the only comparison I can have is uh, the 2012 Asia Cup. Tendulkar scored his 100th 100, mm -hmm. but Virat also announced himself with the 183, mm. right? But that was an entire series. It didn't happen in the same match. Yeah. And here you're seeing, like in the same match, uh, Ian Bishop said on air, like there's the king and there's the prince, mm. <laughs> right? And for the prince to come and do it in the king's house, it's in Chennai Stadium, away from home. I I don't I don't think I've seen much of this in cricket before. Talking of skeptics again, there have always been skeptics around Kohli's innings and that Shubman's was so much better. 
but i think people easily forget that he was also doing the heavy lifting of the of that innings no matter how good the conditions were batting but wickets fell they were three down for 85 and then two more fell later in the innings he had to make sure that he was going to be there till the end to get anyway close to 200 also he doesn't get not from experts but from the trolls from social media and all that he doesn't get enough credit that two things one is when actually wickets fall it suits virat kohli to bat the way he wants to bat he is a guy who hates getting out a bit like tendulkar in t20 cricket and 50s cricket so he's not somebody who will come in and no matter what still play the shots like a maxwell will do or some of the other you know real t20 dashes so when wickets fall it just allows him to have a quieter time in the middle and the pressure on him to get 10 11 runs per over is not there it's about managing now within the limitations so that was one thing the other is no matter what batting force is always a little tougher than chasing you have an advantage when it becomes late and you know i can finish is very late mm-hmm. you when the pitch has not seen the sun from say 5 pm till almost 11 pm 6 hours of no sunshine the pitch just gets a little better so i thought that was the other uh, advantage shubman gill had but this the, this is a generation where you know shubman gill would have been practicing his t20 game from the age of what and look at virat kohli yeah. I mean, he was a guy who wanted to play Test cricket for India. So he's a guy who's made the transition for all the young India players that are coming through. T20 cricket is something that they, I think, try and master more than some of the other format. That's the thing as well. So more, you know, respect, appreciation for Virat Kohli. But Shubman Gill obviously is the more uh, current and seems like the, the the innings that he played, he played that a little more easily than somebody yeah. like a Virat Kohli. He also said that Shubman Gill said that after the mm. match that conditions obviously got better for batting, so he had that advantage. Like, is there such a thing as passing the baton? Like that's the phrase that's used a lot, right? And mm. like it's something that I'm not entirely sure of. There's no baton per se, right? To pass, everyone is doing their own thing, and everyone is trying to shine. And Shubman Gill has been announcing himself for the last two years. Mm. Like he's been doing really well. So is there a baton to be passed, or are we just making too much of it? Like is it just we should just appreciate the two innings or what they are? So Indian cricket has always had one, you know, great batter of the generation that the world has sort of stood up and admired, appreciated, respected. Sunil Gavaskar. Since I started following Indian cricket closely and being part of it, Sunil Gavaskar was that batter of the generation. After that, Tendulkar. There was a baton passing on, you know, because Tendulkar came in in '89. Uh, Gavaskar retired in '87, so in a way, it is a thing that has happened with Indian cricket, and that is something I, I just marvel at uh, as to how a country, with whatever conditions we have and how they grow up, we still find a true grade, batting grade uh, that the world accepts. Tendulkar obviously was one, and Virat Kohli after that, Shubman Gill obviously is the one people are talking about. All the young players, he seems to have. you know that x factor that can make him a potential great but let's wait and see but it's something we all get excited about and there is a good reason for that from gavaskar to tendulkar tendulkar to virat kohli because these are guys who have played at that level the same returns and the same impact on uh, on 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 the sport so that obviously brings us to uh, the fact that rcb were knocked out and Primarily because uh, 
the batting order was over-reliant on their top three. And bowling was especially, the, the heavy lifting was falling on the shoulders of Mohammad Siraj. And obviously, they were plagued by injuries. Mm. So, we can sympathize with them. But I would also uh, bring to uh, our observation the fact that MI were, Mumbai Indians were also plagued by injuries. Uh, and two top-class fast followers. Jasprit Bumrah and uh, Jofra Archer, and a number of injuries during the league as well. Firstly, let's come to the over-reliance. What can RCB do about it? So there's a very old story about when the British were in India and running you know, some companies like a typical uh, manufacturing unit, and there would be an Englishman who would be the boss, and the, the mechanics, the Indian local labor was working on the floor, you know hardcore labor with spanner and everything. And if something went wrong there and they couldn't do it, this guy from his office would come take his shirt off and in a vest go and you know, actually solve the problem. So for many years we've been talking about RCB not having enough depth mm -hmm. and all the cream at the top. But they themselves are responsible for that. When Patidar got the opportunity, you know, he made the most of it, particularly as well had a good season. So when something has plagued you for so many years and it continues to uh, be one of the main reasons then you have done nothing about it. Why hasn't RCB ever thought about batting Favre Duplessis at number three, mm -hmm. Virat Kohli at four, who bats at number four in test cricket and Maxwell at five? Because you've opened generally with Virat Kohli, your best batters have been in the top three, four. Spread it out a little bit. Let the youngsters have a go, which I think a lot of other teams are doing it because it is the way to go. This might be a brave call, but if something hasn't worked for so many seasons, it just makes it easier for you to try something new. Like, there's something to be said about uh, Kohli's approach there as well, right? Like he takes uh, his time to get started, right? And that would probably mean why he would want to open the innings. Like the second he has like batted 30, 40 balls, he's striking at 160, 170, but he needs to get past the first 15, 16 balls. Would Kohli have to change his approach then if he starts batting at number four? Fab Duplessis as well. He takes a, he doesn't start smashing from the first ball. Like he needs like an over or two to get started. So uh, they'll have to fundamentally shift the way they are thinking about batting, like the leadership, the top leadership. Yeah. If they have to uh, go around splitting it up into uh, it's easy to do when something hasn't worked for so many seasons. You've tried this. I think the bowling was pretty good. I don't think it was any uh, you know it wasn't any different from some of the top teams that are in the playoffs. So the issue is only the batting, right? In, even in the uh, last game, when they had to win to qualify, they were 20, 15, 20 runs short. You could see it. And again, it had to do something with the batting. There was a time when Tendulkar, you know, was pushed down the order at number four in 50. It was 2007, I think, in the West Indies. And I like that idea because there were players at the top and then Tendulkar because now these are all middle order batters who want to open in white ball cricket. So when it's not working for the team, at least with India it worked because India had an Yuvraj Singh, Mahendra Singh who needed to do the finishing, Suresh Raina at that time. But if your IPL team doesn't have anyone there, get your hands dirty. Just like that English boss who went down <laughs> on the floor and got his hands dirty. So go down there and try and solve the problem yourself. The English bosses never really did it though. They did not go down and get their hands dirty. Do you see someone like Virat Kohli actually doing it if he's no, uh, asked have. to do so by the management? I, uh, he won't be happy doing it because become his 
job per se becomes difficult, but it's, see, RCB can't be unlucky with young players, that they're giving opportunities and the youngsters are not firing. I think there's enough t uh, talent around, and we've seen with other franchises, when they start giving opportunity, whether it's a bowler or a batter, they eventually start delivering. I don't think RCB is a team that has given plenty of opportunities to their younger players, and uh, where the senior players have gone outside their comfort zone or have made sacrifices. A young man, Agarwal for Punjab Kings, batted down the order, who ruined his own career, but he was trying to sort out that issue that they had uh, in the middle order. And when you have not qualified, I mean, so for so many years, you're not making the final cut, why not try something different? won't happen, but that's the only thing they can do. You know your parents would have done that, right? If you want to become independent and mm. uh, on your own in, in the jungle outside, you've got to be let go. And you can't be sort of the ones, you know, what will take the responsibility at the top and then you could, kids can come in later. It's a tough place to bat for a young player. Four, five, six, five, six, seven. I wanted to spin it just one more way, sure. right? Is there something to be said about uh, uh, RCB not able to maximize their home advantage in a way? Right? Uh, we know Chinnaswamy is a small ground. Like, everybody knows this. Do they need to prepare flat pitches then? Can't they not maybe slow the game down from that? And they have the batters to do it. We saw it in the Lucknow game where it's a slow pitch. Apart from the other things that happened off the pitch, RCB managed to grind out a win there. Right? They have the batters to pull off like the dirty work, as mm. you say, and pull off a win somehow when the, ball, when the game slows down. When the boundaries are short, they're not going to build a new stadium in two years. Chennai does the same thing. Like the pitch there is... I see, it's not a 200-210 wicket, mm. it's a 170-160 wicket. Why can't RCB go that way? Like, you know what, double down on the pitch and give our bowlers every shot of getting a wicket. That's an excellent suggestion. Uh, because on a flat pitch, they actually don't get the kind of score that you need to do. Mumbai Indians do it at the one kitty state and get, they'll get a score and put the game out of reach even when they're batting first. And there was an example of Lucknow Super Giants RCB where they got 212 or something. Mm -hmm. And Lucknow chased it down chased with Puran striking at 326. Got 60 at that strike rate. And had he stayed till, I mean, had he not got out, I was actually commentating, so it's very fresh in my head. They would have chased it down with two overs to spare. There was Stoinis who went berserk. Puran, now those are the kind of batters you need on a belter. You know, so once uh, Lucknow Supergiants left Lucknow, their chances have been enhanced because these are the crazy batters. So you're absolutely right. If there is a pitch that is tacky, let's say a tacky pitch, then you'll expect a Favre Duplicy to manage, a Virat Kohli to manage, a Maxwell would be a dangerous guy on it. It's a bit like uh, CSK. I think Devin Conway, Ruturaj Gayakwad, our batters will be able to manage if the pitch is a little tricky, Devin Conway especially. Your suggestion that get new or young uh, opening batters. That's not really... opening. <laughs> you know, T20 cricket, you can get a number six to open or whatever. Yeah. Just trust somebody right. and give them the easy positions. Let's. I mean, we all know, right? One, two, three are the slightly easier positions than a four, five, six. Yeah. Right? yeah. Any... So even if from the existing setup, because my question was going to be, the big auction is not coming anytime soon. Hmm. From the existing setup also, they can give chances. The big learning from me from this IPL is that if you back somebody, they'll eventually come good. I mean, look at what's happened to Rinku Singh. The story goes, the new coach told him that you're going to be my batter for the season. No matter what, you're the one who's got to do it. All these people need, because they're all ready for T20 cricket. And once that confidence comes in, so you decide 
who are the party that is fit, he becomes your, you know, mm. number three. Uh, there'll be, I mean, look at Patikal had a great season for RCB at the top. So there are always players, Mumbai Indian, Nehal Wadera, you know, uh, yeah. then Yatilak Varma, all these guys coming now, Vishnu Vinod. There's enough talent now. All, now what we're witnessing are young players, like we uh, trained to play test cricket. The ambition was to play test cricket. So we practiced test batting from the age of 12. These are guys who are maybe practicing T20 batting from the age of 12. So they will be always ready. There's the Rinku Singh. Other franchises also have Jaiswal and you have the Shivam Dube now hitting sixes yeah. against spin at will. And uh, Prithuraj Gaikwad also at CSK. But these are all batters we have spoken enough about. This IPL has also thrown up some young bowlers. Are there some bowlers whom the Indian selectors can look at, the younger ones, or some who can be given a chance again, looking ahead to the T20 World Cup, which is a reasonable amount of time away from now. Tushar Deshpande is one name I want to throw and ask. How far is he? What kind of distance does he need to cover from here? Varun Chakravarti is one player who, again, kind of took the baton from uh, Sunil Narayan <laughs> at uh, KKR. Ravi Bishnoi, maybe. Hmm. So for me, Varun Chakravarti clearly had a terrific season. Uh, there were a couple of others competing with him on on the same platform, and we had a very you know instant comparison with Sunil Narayan and Suyash Sharma. Interesting talent. And Varun Chakravarti rose as a guy who was consistent. He's just got this incredible temperament, you know, where he doesn't seem to feel pressure, just like Sunil Narayan. So he's somebody I think should have a second crack at Indian T20 cricket. Uh, I don't know where the impacts are will slowly come into international cr cricket. I think it will, which means there is a scope to have specialist dead bowlers who will bowl maybe two overs where the game actually completely changes. Akash Madhwal is one guy I've seen who you can give him the ball and he'll bowl six good Yorkers. There could be one boundary that goes, but he's been, he's bowled a couple of overs in the death, considering just six runs. And that's not just luck where somebody, he's bowled a slower ball and somebody's missed it. He's actually nailed the Yorkers. So I'm very impressed with him. Mukesh Kumar of Delhi Capitals also seems to. So we have to look at these guys who can bowl two, you know, great overs where Yorker is still, anybody who gets the Yorker right, you can see Mahindra Singh Dhoni when they almost won the game against Rajasthan Royals, 40 runs in the last over. It needed two good Yorkers from Sandeep Sharma to keep them down. So the Akash Madhwal is another guy. Uh, I want to talk about Jadeja. Mm -hmm. You might be saying, you know, he's been around for such a long time. But Jadeja has come of age as a T20 bowler. Mahindra Singh Dhoni uses him superbly. But he's another guy like Mohamed Sami and Mohamed Siraj who's not done anything too different from what they do in test matches. But his impact uh, as a pure bowler, it's something we've never seen before. So that's a third name that comes to mind. Especially in the middle over this time. Yeah. yeah, And also he's bowling in the first six. He's also bowling when left-handers are out there batting, which never used to happen before. Dhoni used to sneak him in and bowl a couple of overs here and there. Now he's sort of properly going, in him, uh, going to him, no matter who's batting left and right hand. So, like my only issue with Tushar Deshpande is I, we need to see how he performs uh, outside of CSK, right? Like, Dhoni is a phenomenal captain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's this towering presence who will calm everybody down. If someone's having an off day, he just has. We have seen it on camera. Yeah. The cameras yeah. are on. We see how he manages people. So, how people perform outside CSK <laughs> is what I'm a little dodgy about. Like, they will be phenomenal there. Hmm. But. Uh, 
if anything, Deepak Sahar should be given a shot again. Oh, oh. especially after the, coming back from injury. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's a horrible injury to have back mm-hmm. problems. To like, it's not easy to come back and bowl the way he's been bowling. Back to with the new ball. Uh, I had said Arshdeep Singh. He had not had a good season. Hmm. Although he did break the stumps twice <laughs> uh, against Mumbai, like hmm. that was the one game that uh, Punjab was just dominant, right? And uh, that was stamped by like Sam Curran's flourish with the bat, and then Arshdeep Singh just killing the game off. Hmm. So he has that experience. He has bowled like in the India-Pakistan game at Melbourne. I think Arshdeep Singh uh, he is always sort of going to be around. Yeah, I don't think India might go back to an Avesh Khan, but Arshdeep will always. be around harshal patel also has faded off a little bit whether yeah. indian cricket will continue to uh, invest in them is um, we'll wait and see but you make a great point about uh, csk using people like jadeja and some of the others and that is it's not just uh, uh, dhoni giving them confidence or you know not putting too much pressure he also preempts with what's likely to happen if he bowls a tushar deshpande with certain batters batting and the situation the way it is and he wouldn't give him the ball at the time a great example was when jadeja was having such a wonderful season bowling four overs consistently there was a time when he just bowled him two he realized that situation and that particular game had he given him another or you know couple of overs out so that is what he saves his bowlers from we've seen a lot of captains go to somebody like a yashtyal in the final over because they had no choice and he gets it for 30 Uh, MS uh, rarely makes those mistakes. Is able to sort of almost preempt. There's also a lot of behind-the-scenes work goes on that we are absolutely un- unaware of. Sanjay might be might have seen something in the nets when he travels around the country, but like you were saying, we've seen on TV what how Dhoni influences his players. But recently, I think after their last league game, uh, CSK league game, in the presentation, Dhoni was saying that the way Bravo has worked with them, players like Tushar Deshpande and uh, Who's the other Akash Singh? Akash Singh bowled in the beginning also, mm. and how much work, for example, Dwayne Bravo has put in with them, we are absolutely not aware of. We just know that something mm. really good is going on behind there, and on TV we we see these bowlers like Tushar Deshpande doing it uh, very well on the big stage. How they do it with another franchise or maybe in the Indian yeah. setup is a completely different story. Yeah, in the strategic timeout, we often used to show in our coverage. uh it was a very interesting thing when in the last sort of uh, time out when you're on the 16 overs where four overs were left and mostly fast bowlers would bowl you had dhoni only talking to bravo you know uh and it wasn't like dhoni was talking to that bowler so that is another thing maybe when it comes to death bowling bowling uh <laughs> ms sort of sort stays away and lets the expert the legend you know take the call what do you think so it's a sight we've always seen ms normally is not into any intense conversation with anyone it comes in and there is a steven fleming conversation that happened but that was happening very consistently and we'll see it in the uh, csk games also and at that stage he's talking to bravo we've seen bravo during the death over also stand on the boundary line watching so all these guys these are the intangibles that we don't know you know how much that has made a difference like it also uh, reinforces your point from earlier where you just need to trust your talent and like it's something that true rcb need to learn to do instead of constantly relying on their big stars to build them off like there was the stat where uh, i think virat kohli has scored over 7000 runs in the ipl and aggregate runs 
I have actually, I don't value aggregate runs mm. too much. If you're batting in the top one, two, three, you'll have more runs than anyone else. Uh, it's finally about the how many titles have you won. You might have somebody having the orange cap many times, a purple cap, but you're not winning title. And if it's happening for so, so long, consistently, there's got to be some problem. Then you've got to do something you've never done before. Employing the same tactic and hoping for a different result. It's called what? There's some different doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Uh, it's a, it doesn't make any sense. Speaking about like behind the scenes, right? I wanted to like ask you about your experience as a commentator this time, right? When you had joined us about hmm. eight weeks ago, it was just your first couple of games into the IPL with the crowds and all coming in. I want to get into that. What's it been like commentating finally in Indian grounds? Uh, it's always been fun. I mean, work is great. Just getting to the match <laughs> and the flies that uh, you have to take and go through that whole process. Actually getting into the stadium also and leaving. Mm. It can be very stressful. Especially at this stage of my career, I find that very stressful. I took 46 flights. Oh, because I was sitting on plane, nothing to do. So I just looked at all the attachments, the tickets that came to me. 46 flights. Because I was also doing studio in Mumbai. So after every game I was coming. So it was like 23 matches multiplied by two. <laughs> going there, coming back. So 46 flights. So that takes its toll. But that is the hazard of doing IPL from side. But once you get there, I mean, the time flies. Atmosphere, everything. And... Sometimes we need to keep that kind of excitement alive, but more often than not, it's genuine, the kind of matches that happen. Surya Kumar Yadav's 100 at the Wankhede Stadium was one that got all of us excited, all of us. I think there was Ravi there, KP, myself. I mean, we just completely mesmerized by what was happening. Ian Bishop, completely flawed. So these, uh, we see a lot of fours and sixes. We see a lot of sensational batting, but sometimes... We are sort of completely bowled over by T20 cricket. Uh, Rinku Singh's uh, was a very funny thing, actually. I was doing the post-match presentation for that particular game, uh, Titus versus KKR. And it was a lost cause. And I was sort of going down there, decided on the player of the match and everything. And I, it takes a while from the commentary box to go down. And then I came and I looked at the screen. And it was like, suddenly the target was possible. So I asked, what happened? You know, he's hit a couple of sixes. <laughs> and I saw the final six that of a slower ball, which actually was the best ball. Yes, they are bold, where he flat batted it. And without even looking, he started running. He knew it. And that was the one that I saw live. And one shot I'll pick, which is just, will be forgotten in all the, you know, will get buried amongst all the excellent things we've seen in Vishnu Vinod's drive that he played against maybe Mohammed Shami or uh, Azari Joseph at the one criticism in that same innings he just came in and because nobody had really talked about Vishnu we know okay what is this guy and he came and there was a laying ball that drove straight into the stands and that actually got me very excited because it was unexpected and this is the new age T20 batters of India that we're talking about. And who knows, he wouldn't have played if Tilak Verma had not been in Yeah, there. yeah. And, and that is Mumbai Indians thing, the yeah. depth that they've had with replacements. Do you have any superstitions before the match? Like most cricketers do, right? They, they, 
they pat themselves up in a certain way or like is it do you, do you have not no rituals for no, that i i yeah. had my first experience of superstition and didn't work and i dumped it and i uh, i'm very realistic about it. i don't think that has got anything to do with anything it's just about how you feel i remember making a comeback in one of the test matches and i had a good comeback so somebody took me to a very sacred place and gave me something to wear next match i got zero and one <laughs> I took it and I threw it away. <laughs> so no superstitions really. Yeah. Even for commentary. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Commentary. I mean, I don't consider that as a high pressure thing because once you played the game, I mean, the only thing you're worrying about when you're leaving is you know if you're tired properly. Yeah. There are a few. Yeah. Sometimes doing the toss in the Narendra Modi Stadium post-match presentations, question mm-hmm. getting the names right. So that kind of pressure is there, but nothing compared to when you've been a player. So no superstitions for commentary just. Who have you seen uh, keep the thickest notebook of notes? Oh, that's a good question. I admire all my colleagues. Uh, there are these guys who are so good. People like Ian Bishop have been doing this for a living. But despite that, they'll have so much research done. This time I've take, started taking snapshots. I used to have a diary. Mm-hmm. used to get filled up two diaries. Danny Morrison, now you would think, <laughs> you know, he's like a bit of a... Joker in the pack and the way he does diligent with this research and everything. He's got another, you know, you know, incredible. Most of these people now do it. So they all come in thoroughly researched. And there's a lot of hard work they do. Not all commentators, but you would think maybe 80%, 90% of them. Like there's a reason we chose to look back uh, throughout uh, this podcast and not look ahead because of uh, all the, I reheard our first podcast, right? And of all our predictions, uh, only <laughs> half of it came correct, right? Mm. Uh, uh, I That's had what predictions are for. Yeah, so like I had <laughs> said that uh, there's going to be a run out at the non-strikers end. It almost happened in the next match. This is that LSG game, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned that uh, Ben Stokes is someone to look forward to. He, mm. he isn't playing for CSK yeah. at the moment. I said look forward to as in I want to see how he <laughs> goes on Indian pitches in the Indian Premier League. Because I was a skeptic. I'm a skeptic with all English players that come to play in the Indian Premier League. So, the only one who has got it half right is Vishal, who had uh, said that uh, CSK will make it to the playoffs. And I say half is because he said the uh, impact sub will not be used by Dhoni. Mm-hmm. Hardly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of right, so we had to give him step marks. But mm-hmm. uh, the guys who speak the least uh, generally think more and generally get things right. Are you talking about me or MS Dhoni? You. And MS. <laughs> you and MS. I was going to ask you for stock picks since you got it right, but uh, moving mm-hmm. on. Yeah. yeah, there was that stat, I think, in our uh, post-league stage coverage that uh, MS Dhoni has used the least number of 12s. The least chopping and changing, he has done. So whether you bring in new rules, old rules, I th- into 2018 also when they had won the IPL, there was all this, the, the talk of uh, and the inclusion of matchups and all these stats, facts had come fresh, almost fresh into the IPL. I don't think he cares about that much, that also that much. Sticks to his strength and the rest of the stuff we spoke about, giving chances to young players and just just wins titles, not even mm. reaches playoffs, 12 out of 14 playoffs yeah. in 14 seasons and wins titles. Like my only takeaway from this is we shouldn't chop and change too much. We should stick back exactly. to our first episode. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
a guest list. So with that, yeah. like, I'd like to thank you, Sanjay, thank for joining you. us. It's been an eventful eight weeks. I am no longer a skeptic. <laughs> that, that's what I will say. You remain a skeptic, but about these things, you shouldn't. But constantly, I mean, otherwise we don't get new contrary ideas. So I'd like to thank all of you all who have been uh, a part of the podcast journey so far. If you like what you're listening to, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast uh, app or uh, a rating on the Spotify uh, website. It helps us a great deal. Thank you, Sanjay. Thank, thank you, Vishal. You. Thank it's you. been an eventful eight weeks. Thank we will also. be back soon. <laughs> thank you. Again. I'm not thanking myself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.